Turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 55. It's so good to have those of you watching online, whether you're watching from newlife.nyc, YouTube, uh, our Facebook page. Uh, it's a gift to have you. My name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor here of New Life Fellowship Church. And at the end of this sermon here in the service, I'll be outside on the porch area. If you're new here, if, you've never, if we've never met, please introduce yourself. I'd love to meet you before you head out of of the building. We are starting a new four-week series on the promises of God, the promises of God. And then uh, after this, we're having really going to focus on two things this summer, the promises of God and then on uh, spiritual disciplines. But for the next four weeks, we're going to be focusing on the promises of God. And the promise we're going to focus on this particular Sunday comes out of Psalm 55, verse 22. And the promise is that the Lord will sustain you. The promise, the Lord will sustain you. Let's say that out loud in the midst. Let's say together, the Lord will sustain me. Let's together, the Lord will sustain me. And look at someone next to you and say, the Lord will sustain you. We're going to confess that promise and believe that promise today. Psalm 55, verse 22, hear the word of the Lord. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Let's pray together. Lord, breathe on us now through the power of your Holy Spirit, and may we receive every gift you have for us this day. We pray these things in Christ's name, and everyone said, amen. amen. There are a lot of things that we adults can learn from children if we took the time to listen. Children teach us a great deal about life if we paid close attention. Kids teach us about delight. Kids teach us about joy. Kids teach us about having fun, about play. But perhaps more than anything, kids teach us about the power and integrity of our words. This is especially true when it comes to making promises. Children understand the nature of promises better than adults do. There's a simplicity of speech with children that adults can learn from. Kids have a mentality that if you said something, you've just made a promise. I've seen this happen multiple times in our home. For example, there are days when I'm in the kitchen and being the director of sanitation that I am in our home, I'm about to take out the trash, and, and, and that's the title Rosie gave me, and, and, and I'm taking out the trash, or I might be cooking something in the kitchen or washing up or so, and my son Nathan will come into the kitchen and say, Dad, can we wrestle today? And I say, sure, sure, yeah, of course we can wrestle today. And then he moves out of the kitchen, does whatever he's going to do, and I get caught up in all kinds of stuff. And then the day gets late, and Nathan comes up to me and says, Dad, you said we could wrestle today. And then I say, um, let's do it tomorrow. And he responds with three words that kids instinctively know from the time they come out of the womb. But you promised. But you promised. And I respond with, no, I didn't. I said, sure, 
I did not say I promise. But for him, saying that I'm going to do it was in fact a promise. Your word for children should be enough. And it's usually here when I look to Rosie for some support and she says, don't look at me, you promised. And I do what I need to do and and wrestle with my child. This is important because so much of life is measured on the basis of whether promises are broken or kept. This is the essence of much of life. This is the essence of politics. Politicians run on the basis of promises. They say, if you vote for me, I will promise that I will do X, Y, and Z for you. And then when they don't do what they promise... We look at the people we voted for and say, but you promised. We see this in romantic relationships. A person says, I'm going to take off from Friday. We're going to have a good time together. And then Friday comes and you receive a text message that says, can we reschedule? And you're feeling hurt and you're feeling angry and you're feeling sad. And you send back a text message, but you promised. We see this in the workplace. Where a boss says, by the end of the year, you are going to get a promotion. You're going to get a raise. And then December comes, and the boss says, actually, we're probably going to have to do it uh, next year. And you respond, at least in your heart, but you promised. Broken promises have a way of crushing our spirits. And if we're honest, we have all broken a promise that we've made. Sometimes we genuinely forget to follow through on something we said we were going to do. Sometimes we cannot follow through because of unforeseen circumstances that we could not anticipate. Or quite frankly, sometimes we actually lie to someone saying we're going to do something to make them feel good in the moment, but we actually don't make it happen. Now, all of this is connected to our relationship with God because the Bible is filled with so many promises. But here's what we see throughout the pages of Scripture. What we see over and over again is this truth that God is true to His promises. Amen. God is true to fulfilling God's promises. We see this all throughout the Scriptures, and this is where we look to and Joshua 21, 45, it says these words. It says, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Amen. Psalm 119, the psalmist with joy says, your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them. 2 Corinthians 1 says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, that in Christ Jesus, God's promises are certain. And that's what we're going to see in our text in Psalms 55, verse 22. The Lord gives a promise, I will sustain you. Now, there are various various promises in the Bible. And to talk meaningfully about the promises in Scripture means that we have to carefully examine the words. We have to be careful not to sloppily apply God's promises in just some random ways. 
And so I'm not going to go too deep into this, but it's important to briefly say that there's certain promises in the Bible that must be carefully examined. For example, in 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says these words, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and hear, heal their land. It's important to say, brothers and sisters, that this is not a promise for the United States of America. Why? Because the United States is not God's people. The United States has God's people, but the United States is not God's people. Amen, somebody. Oh, stay with me, darling. I don't want to lose you here. Stay with me. Stay with me. But that promise is often exclusively applied to the entire nation. That's a promise that is misinterpreted. But this is not just nationally. It also happens personally. We, he, we see a promise in Proverbs 16, 7 that says, If a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, then he makes even his enemies be at peace with them. Here's the problem with this. If we just uh, uh, unintentionally and unconditionally apply this promise. No one's ways please God more than Jesus. And Jesus found himself on a cross. Now, the Bible has different kinds of promises, and we need to be careful in terms of how we interpret them. And here are some of the promises we see throughout Scripture that we're going to return to throughout the course of this month. There are promises of warning, promises of warning in the Bible, and which basically say, if you do this, there will be consequences, which, by the way, is the promise as a parent I offer most in my home. Uh, and the one that I fulfill. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. Promises of warning. Then there are promises of rescue. Uh, Romans 8 says, the one who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's Romans 10, actually. Uh, promises of guidance, where the Lord says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Promises of comfort. Where Isaiah 40 says, but they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings with eagles, run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Promises of hope. Where Revelation 21 says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. And neither there shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things have passed away. Today's promise in Psalm 55 is a promise of comfort and a promise of hope. But what we have to note about this promise is that this promise is conditional. It's conditional. Or better yet, it's covenantal. In the Bible, there were many times where God will make a promise to his people but God would say, in this relationship, you have to hold on to your side of the deal. This is a covenant. We're going to mutually come to the table together. And then a sacrifice would be made and a covenant would be created. God says, I promise this, but some promises are conditioned upon something. And this is important because some promises in the Bible don't require anything from us. Some promises in the Bible require something from us. When Jesus promised that he would die on the cross and be raised on the third day, that had nothing to do with whether we obeyed or did not obey. There was nothing we can do to keep, to keep him in the grave, and there was nothing we could do to get him out of it. In John 10, he says, no one takes my life from me, I lay it down. 
And if I lay it down, I have authority to take it back up again. Jesus makes a promise on his own, and he fulfills his promise without anything having to do with us. That's an unconditional, has nothing to do with us. But then there are promises in the Bible that, meet, that require our participation. And Psalm 55, verse 22, is one of them. Now, before we get to that promise where David says, the Lord will sustain you, I want to see how, look, let's track with David throughout this psalm. Because in this psalm, David is going through a lot of trouble. In verses 2 and 3, this is what David says. My thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying because of the threats of the wicked. David is experiencing psychological trouble. He's having mental health challenges. Have you ever been there before? Overwhelmed by the world, having trouble sleeping, battling a racing mind. David says, my thoughts trouble me and I am distraught. Verse 4 and 5, the problems continue. He says, my heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. David is battling anxiety. David is battling dread. David is battling despair. And perhaps some of you are watching online and coming to church this morning. And maybe your marriage is on the brink of disaster and you're feeling dread. Maybe you're overwhelmed and feeling incredibly lonely and fear and trembling is just coursing through your body. David understands what you are feeling, and he continues in verse 6. He says, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and the storm. Have you ever just wanted to run away? Just leave. Take a long break. Leave my phone behind. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't GPS me. Don't Facebook message me. Leave me alone. Can I get a witness? Leave me alone. I, yeah, you've been there before. I wish I could just fly away. This is David. I feel the spirit now. Yeah, 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 yeah I can feel it. Yeah, yeah, get me out of this place here. If you're feeling any of that, this psalm is for you. David's life seems to be falling apart. He doesn't know how he's going to make it through. And some of us are in that situation today. Have you ever thought, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I don't know how I'm going to make another week through this job. I don't know how I'm going to make it another year in this marriage. I don't know how I'm going to make it another month with this sickness. Have you ever just felt, I don't know if I'm going to make it? Because there's so many challenges that we face in life that we wonder, am I going to survive? And whether it's a challenging work environment or a stressful home where countless relational pressures are coming our way, we wonder, can I make it? I recently read a book called Marriage in the Middle. It's a book for married people who are in midlife. Let me just say, first of all, that I was surprised to discover I'm in midlife. I was surprised. I just said, I, I said, oh, Lord, what happened here? Uh, I, I was going to read the book for other people who are in midlife, and so I could pastor them well. And I decided to read it. I said, wait a second. I, it looks like I'm in midlife. This is... This is a bad thing here. And so, and so as I'm reading it, I start reading about all the pressures of midlife, of raising children, 
cultivating intimacy in marriage, of our parents getting older and the challenges therein, of work and retirement, of trying to maintain physical health and trying to stay above the water financially. There's just so much to manage in a given week. And I wonder, will I survive this? And we know deep down inside that we often lack the strength to get through. And so this psalm confronts us in two ways. It tells us outright, this psalm does, that all of us need to be sustained. Some of you, you're hearing this message today, and it, it was probably a good year for you. Maybe you got a promotion, maybe you started a new relationship, you're feeling really good right now, and you feel like this message does not have anything to do with you today, but hold on to this message, because you are going to need this message at some, at some point in your life. As it said about this, three kinds of scenarios that all of us are in. We're either coming out of trouble, we are in trouble, or we are headed into trouble. And so no matter who you are today, you are going to need this promise from the Lord. We all need to be sustained. The second thing that this psalm confronts us with, really by implication, is that we must be mindful of the various ways we try to sustain ourselves. No matter who you are, you are going to need to be sustained by someone or by something. The question is, is the thing you are hoping will sustain you actually leading you into deeper trouble? This is the nature of addictions. Addictions, whether it be food, whether it be drugs, whether it be uh, work, whether it be sex, are, are usually seen in one way. It's bad and you need to stop it. But I see addictions as our way of trying to sustain ourselves. Which is why, when I, as a pastor, when I meet someone who's struggling with any kind of addiction, I usually say to that person, wow, you figured out how to stay alive. You've learned how to soothe your pain. But this way does not go deep enough. Let's try something else. Our addictions are often our ways of soothing the pain that we have, whether it's food, whether it's work, whether it's sex, whatever it is, our addictions are our way of soothing. The challenges and the question is, is what we are using to sustain us actually bringing us deeper into prison and to despair? Life can break us down. And we often have a way of sustaining ourselves, but David throws out a promise. The Lord wants to sustain you, and the Lord will sustain you. Now, let me define what I mean by sustain. First of all, let me say what it doesn't mean. To be sustained does not mean that life will never get challenging. To be sustained doesn't mean that I will not experience loss. To be sustained doesn't mean that I won't struggle. What does it mean? Well, to be sustained means that you will have access to a strength outside of yourself. That you will find yourself surprisingly lifted up. That you will have someone walking with you every step of the way. And for some of you today here and watching online, with all that you've been through, 
You look around and look at your life and say, it must be because God is sustaining me. You are here because God is sustaining you. That God has walked with you every step of the way. When I think about the image of being sustained, there's an image from 1992 that comes to mind of the Olympics. There's a guy named Derek Redmond who was from Great Britain. And he was running the 400-meter race in the semifinals. And 10 seconds or so into the race, he tears his hamstring and falls to the ground. And at that point, he stands up and he begins to hobble along throughout, just weeping, wanting to finish this race. And as he's hobbling along, there's a beautiful scene in this video where his father comes alongside. Show that picture for me. And, 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 and he just grabs him there. Whenever I need a good cry, I put on this video. I just, I just, I just, I just I need, I need a good cry today. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the father comes. And throughout the whole rest of the track run, he's walking with his son, holding him. He came in last place. But the father is with them, holding him, limping together, and they pass through the finish line. And when I think about Psalm 55, verse 22, this is the image of being sustained that comes to mind. Some of you, you're hobbling through life right now. Some of you, you're hurting through life right now. Some of you, you're struggling in life right now. But God is with you, and God will sustain you, and God will uphold you, and God will carry you through. You might not get everything you want, but God is with you. You might look like a failure to the world, but God is with you. You might be crying yourself to sleep at night, but God is with you. The Lord will sustain you. Now, this is the promise, the great promise that David gives us. But as I mentioned, there are certain promises that are conditional. And if I could say it this way, God's sustaining requires our surrender. God's sustaining requires our surrender. And so David says at the beginning, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. That word cast means to throw it down, to throw the burden down forcefully. Throw that burden down forcefully and the Lord will sustain you. And that image is one that we need to come back to and hold in our head, casting down our cares. It's an important image because many of us have a strange way of relating to our burdens, a very dysfunctional way of relating to our troubles. Because instead of casting them down, we often carry them, nurture them, Feed them until they grow larger and larger and larger. We think of every possible scenario that could go wrong, and then we Google it to confirm our suspicions. Have you ever noticed when you have a health issue? It always leads to death when you Google it. No matter what the issue is, sore throat, death. Shortness of breath, death. 
Headache, death. Pain in your fingernail, death. That no matter what it is, the news is always grim. But what the psalmist is recommending is something interesting. Not to cast it, not to carry it, but to cast it. Some of us come to church casting it and then picking it right back up. We come to church with our burdens. We have a seat with our burdens. We start worship. We, we put our burden in the empty seat next to us. We sing. I'm accepted. Lord is with me. And then at the end of the service, say, amen. And you go, all right, let me pick this thing right back up here. And we go home with it. <laughs> and we come back to church again. Week in and week out. Coddling our burdens, obsessing over our burdens, researching about our burdens. But David says, cast your burdens down, and the Lord will sustain you. Now, notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, cast your problems. He says, cast your cares. I, just, I wish life was easy enough to cast my problems down, and they go away. Some of you are like, I wish I could just cast my boss down. That's my problem. <laughs> cast my entire workplace down. But, 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 it, but this verse is not magic. This verse is not about casting your problems if only life was that easy. But casting our cares, our anxieties, our worries. And to cast our cares means that we, we lay it down before the Lord over and over and over again. This is not a simple black and white, if I do it one time, it's over kind of deal. Christians, we get very cliche about some verses. And so you come up to somebody who says, I'm just struggling, anxiety. And a Christian says, you know, I've been reading the Bible today. And Psalm 55 verse 22 says, cast your cares on the Lord. Have you cast your cares down? And he said, I think I did. Well, cast it right now and you'll be okay. It's not as simple as that. Sometimes you have to cast it again and again. And five minutes later, again. And an hour later, again. To cast your cares is not a one-time thing. It's a lifetime thing. It's every single day when pressure comes my way and anxiety surfaces. I need to cast it down to the Lord. And I want to give you three ways to cast it down. Worship is a way of casting our cares to the Lord. Which is why whenever trouble comes my way, sometimes I just need to put on a song and worship and lift my voice to the Lord. And whether I'm alone in my room or together as a congregation, sometimes I just need to worship, which is why something happens when we worship, brothers and sisters. Which is why be here when the service starts, amen, at 1030 or whenever the service starts. And when we say, let's sing, let's sing to the Lord. Why? Because when we worship, we're casting our cares to the Lord. We're saying, Lord, you're bigger than my problems. You're bigger than my troubles. And I want to lift up my hands and cast down my burdens to you. We worship as a way of casting down our cares. Another way that we, we cast our cares down is through silent prayer. Sometimes you need to sing it out, and sometimes you just need to be silent. And grab a chair and open up a journal and say, Lord, I'm anxious. I'm angry. I'm worried. I'm worried about my finances. I'm anxious about my children. I'm concerned about my job. 
But Lord, you said if I cast my burdens on you, you will sustain me. And sometimes you just need to open up a journal and offer those words and cares to the Lord. And then do it the next day. And then do it the day after that. And what you will find is that next thing you know, you'll find the Lord sustaining you in ways that surprise you. And so whether it's worship or whether it's prayer and reflection, or the third way, whether it's externalizing your burdens to others in the presence of the Lord. So much of our problems can be addressed and our cares can be addressed if we simply invited someone in. I recognize that in my own life. There was a time when whenever anxiety came my way that I would, I would go within myself and I would go into a hole within myself. And I never forgot a day when I experienced really a significant breakthrough. And I had met with a counselor, a therapist, and the therapist invited me to begin to externalize my cares. Who are you letting in, he would say to me, in the presence of God. And so I began, I remember just, it was the smallest thing where I was feeling anxiety. And I'd go to Rosie and I'd say, honey, can I share something I'm anxious about? Can I say something I'm just worried about? And there was something in that moment of just naming it to someone in the presence of God. Where the cares began to go down. And I found myself surprisingly sustained by the Lord. Whether it's worship, whether it's prayer, whether it is letting someone else in, we are invited to cast our cares on the Lord. And here's the beauty of it. When we cast it to Jesus, he has a way of sustaining us. I love what Colossians 1.17 says. It says about Jesus, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All things are sustained. And those, all, that all things includes your life. As you cast your cares to Jesus, he has a way of holding us together. And so whether you're rich or poor, black, white, Asian, Latino, young or old, this promise extends even in death. Because even in death, God is with us. And God will sustain us. And so hear the promise, cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. Let's join the motorcycles in saying amen. <laughs> Let's pray together. What are you carrying today, brothers and sisters? What are the cares that you're carrying? Cares about your future. Cares about your family. Cares about your health. Lord, give us the grace we need to over and over again cast our cares on you. And may we be surprised by your spirit as you sustain us. We pray these things in Christ's name and everyone said, amen. Let's all stand together. We're going to receive communion together. And communion is one of the ways 
that we are sustained by God. Communion is the ways that God nurtures us, feeds us, nourishes us through the bread and through the cup. Before I lead us into communion, I want to lead us in a prayer of confession. And we pray this prayer together as a community because we are reminded of all the ways that we do not cast our cares to the Lord, of all the ways that we've tried to sustain ourselves, whether it's through pride, whether it's through addictive behaviors. How have you been trying to sustain yourself? We come to the table of communion saying, Lord, we repent. We repent and we turn to you. Let me give you about 30 seconds or so to offer your own confession, and then we'll have a prayer on the screen that we'll pray together. But offer your own confession before God on all the ways that you have not cast your cares on Him. Let's pray this prayer of confession. Let's pray it out loud. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and our neighbor through our own fault, in thought, in word, and deed, in what we have done, in what we have left undone. For the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us all our offenses and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me as the people of God, freely forgiven by the broken body of Jesus Christ. Let's all receive together. the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns as the people of God freely forgiven by the gracious blood of Jesus Christ let's all receive together Lord, we thank you that in the bread and in the cup, you sustain us. In your death and in your resurrection, you sustain us. And 
we ask that you would sustain us this day. We sing to you now as a response to the ways that you've moved towards us. We sing to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all sing in response. I am seated at the table. I know who I am. I know who I am. I have a seat at the table. I know who I am. I know who I am. Say, I have a seat at the table. I know who I am. I know who I am. I have a seat at the table. I know who I am. I know who I am. I am loved by you, loved by you. I am loved by you. I am accepted. I am loved. I am loved by you.
love how this psalm ends. David has told us about all his troubles in verses 1 through verse 21. The anxiety, the trauma, the hurt, the fear. And then he gets to verse 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. And I love how the psalm ends. David says very plainly, but as for me, I trust in you. Life might have started out rough for you. Today might have started out rough for you. This year, this decade might have started out rough for you. But just because it started out that way doesn't mean it's going to continue to end that way. David says, I will trust you. You are the God who sustains me. And so let us cast our cares on the Lord. Amen. As we close our service, I want to remind those of you watching online, we're going to have a sermon discussion time. Pastor Jackie is going to be leading that time of conversation and maybe something's been stirring in your soul. And you just need someone to talk through what you've just heard for about 30 minutes. There's a link online. Feel free to jump on that link and you can connect with other new lifers for the next 30 minutes or so. So make sure you take advantage of that. In addition to that, I want to invite our prayer team to come to my left. Some of you have come here today and you're burdened. You're hurting. And you just need someone to pray for you. To put their hands on your shoulders and remind you God is with you. And so whatever challenges you're having, whether it's personal, relational, economic, physical, at the end of this service, feel free to come up. We'd love to pray for you. And before I bless you, maybe some of you came into this room today or you're watching online and you've never cast the entirety of your life to Jesus Christ. Every Sunday we give you an opportunity to cast your entire life to Jesus. Some of you have been carrying burdens your entire life, trying to figure it out yourself. And the Lord is saying, would you give it to me? Would you give me your life? And if you give me your life, I'll sustain you. And so today, on the screen, on your phone, on your laptop, on your television, there's a number there. If you text yes to Jesus, one of our pastors would love to be in touch with you. And if you're feeling that today, our prayer team would love to pray for you along those lines. But let us serve you. If you today you want to cast your entire life to Jesus and say yes to his love. As we close, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. And as I mentioned, I'll be outside in the porch area. And if we've never met, I'd love to meet you before you head out. Love to get your name. Um, and so feel free to stop, stop on by. With your hands in your hearts in a posture of receiving. Brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this building and out of this online gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit, casting your cares to the Lord, because the Lord will sustain you. May you find yourself sustained by God, held together by his love, lifted up by his grace. And every single day, may you return to cast your cares on him, because the Lord loves you. I bless you all today and the strong, in the beautiful 
in the sustaining name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Grace and peace to you all.